some things I really wanted to highlight. And I didn't have time to do this this morning because it was a much bigger crowd and, and trying to get everybody introduced. But we live in a day and time um, when the Word of God is being so watered down. And it seems like it's being trying to be changed and it's trying to be modified and it's trying to be kind of, you know, people want to change it to whatever they want it to believe. And I want to remind us about something uh, that God says, that God's words are not just mere words. They are God's commandments. And there's something about God's commandments in today's world is just being totally left out. And this is what we teach in Sunday school. We teach that God's word is from God Almighty. He wrote it. It is the word of God. It's to be spoken and believed just the way that it's written and interpreted as best we can. And it cannot be changed. It cannot be modified because human people didn't write it. It was the Lord God. But the Bible clearly brings out some things about his word. And first of all, they are commandments. When God wrote the Ten Commandments, it's in the title of the Ten Commandments that they are commandments from the Lord. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai, he didn't say, guys, I've got ten good ideas here from the Lord. And he didn't say, let's take it up for a boat. Let's see what you want to do. Moses came down and said, here are ten commandments of the Lord God that we are supposed to be doing and be obedient when Jesus was on earth in, in, in his word, okay, in John 12, verses 48 through 50, Jesus said that he spoke the Father's command. He did the Father's command. John 14 and 31, he said, The Father has given me commandment. Even Jesus had the commands of the Lord on him that he was supposed to do. God, God the Father told his son before he came to earth, Son, this is what I want you to do, and I want you to be obedient unto me. And, of course, Christ was the ultimate example of being obedient unto the Lord. Jesus said in John 15 and 14, You are my friends if you do what I command. So we see in this that the word of God is what it says, Okay. And in the book of Revelations, chapter 22, 18 and 19, God has a stern warning in his word for those who add to and who take from the Bible. There's a stern warning there if it is changed, if it's modified or whatever in any form or fashion, there's a stern warning to those who do that. But in today's world, I'm concerned. I'm just going to share this with you. I'm just very concerned that God's word is being changed and being modified, and unfortunately it seems to be now pressed upon us to change what we teach and what we believe in this church. Throughout our history, we've always believed in God's word. We've always been strong about the family and the individual. You know, if, if you're here as an individual person, you are welcome here, and you are a part of our church family. I want you to know that regardless of your last name. But nowadays, there are things coming upon us to where those of us who are responsible for God's word here, we are going to have to start being a little bit more defensive about it. That doesn't mean we're going to change in the church, but what is coming at us from the outside is what I'm particularly concerned about. 
And I just want to say a few things this, this morning in defense of what the Bible says and also in support of some things the Lord has said through our pastor in we recent weeks and months. Because I feel like the Lord speaks here, regardless of who's speaking, particularly through our pastor and particularly through our Sunday school teachers. I feel like the Lord is speaking here in this church. Right now in the Catholic Church, there's a tremendous battle going on with the federal government of all people. In the, in the recent health law changes, when Congress voted the last health care package you've heard so much about on the news and so forth, there's a provision in that health care law of the land now. Every employee of the country must provide contraceptive cost through insurance, through whatever way you supply your health care. Every employee's health care in the country, regardless of who you are, must cover the cost of contraception. The Catholic Church throughout the country right now has a lawsuit against this law, against the federal government, because it does not believe in contraception. It does not believe by what it understands in the Bible, by what it teaches, that contraception is holy and right. I'm not saying I agree with that or I disagree with that. I'm just stating a fact. But that is their faith. That is their belief. That's what they stand for, okay? They do not want to participate in this because it goes against their faith. And the thing about that is their whole organization from schools, colleges, hospitals, universities are involved in this right now, and the government is not backing off. My point is this, folks, where this is not labeled religious persecution, it's coming through a, a health care law. If you never thought we would live in a country where the government can tell you what you would believe and what you cannot believe, even though the word of God may say otherwise, the government is now coming against us to where we have got to defend our faith. It's not coming against the Southern Baptist Church right now, but it clearly does not mind coming against the religious institutions of our country. And this is something that is watched here because we will continue to teach what we've always believed because it's written in here. It's not my words. It's not my teaching. It's what the Lord has said. And that's what we have to base ourselves upon. We've all gone through the Amendment 1 issue now, and that's supposedly past history, so to speak. And I, too, opened up the Courier Times in the great debate, I call it. There was two full, page, two full pages of information, let's put it that way. One full page was dedicated for it. One full page was dedicated against it, okay? And there were scientists and researchers and all these super smart people who said, this is why you need to vote for it or against it. It gave all kinds of information and so forth. And folks, you know, there should have been two scriptures in the newspaper. The first one should have been Romans 1, 24 through 32. The other one should have been Leviticus chapter 20, where God has said what he thinks about the homosexual lifestyle and the definition of the family. If you want to read this, you can read it in your Bible. But it should have been scripture in there, and that should have been in the subject. 
because the Lord speaks about this, and it's in your Bible. Now, folks, let me clearly say my sins are listed in the Bible. I am guilty of what this says. I haven't done all of them, but I've probably done 99% of them, okay? And this is why I need to know God's Word. I need to understand this is why I need repentance of my sins. This is why I need to come to the Lord and learn of his words. I need to be in Sunday school. I need to be learning at home with all the literature that we offer here. I need to learn what the Lord has said because the government will not be our judge someday. We will all stand before Jesus Christ. And by the word of God, we will be judged then. Not by what political party or how we voted on earth. We would be judged by what the Lord has said and has written. <clears throat> you know, the Bible talks about, if you didn't know this or not, the role of government. It's found in Romans 13. If you want to read that when you get home, read that. The Bible clearly says that government is to do good things for people. And it does many good things. We have fire protection, we have police protection, we have the military, we have Social Security, we have Medicare. Those are good things the government supplies to us. But the Bible also says in this same chapter that rulers and government are supposed to be servants of the Lord. Okay, excuse me. That means the government is below God. That means the government is subjected to everything written in God's holy word. Is supposed to be obedient unto the Lord. It's not supposed to be in opposition. And uh, it's also the reaction to this is addressed in Acts chapter 4, verses 13 through 21. This is where Peter and John are going out through community in Jerusalem. They're talking about Jesus all the time. They're healing some sick people. And then the government the church leaders, the Sanhedrin at that time, who was the rulers of the people in Jerusalem, call them in and say, hey, you got to quit doing this. you got to quit talking about Jesus all the time. you got to quit he healing these people and so forth. And here's the response by Peter and John. It says, whether it is right in the sight of God to give heed to you rather than to God, you be the judge. Basically, they stood up for their faith, and that's what it means. It seems like today we have two, three types of people in the world, and I think somewhat maybe in the church. And the first type of person is, is the true Christian. This is the person, maybe they come to church all their life, but they believe in God, they have professed Christ in their life, they know some things about the Word of God, and, and they're willing to talk about it and to learn more about it and continually grow in the Word of God but that also this person is not afraid or embarrassed to do this. Bow before the Lord and say, Father, I am a sinner before you. Forgive me of my sins. Lead me and guide me. Show me your way. Teach me your word. Lord, bless my family and bless your church. In Jesus' name, amen. Then there's another type of person in this world. <clears throat> it's kind of way over here. And maybe that person was never carried to church or Sunday school as a child. They never learned the Word of God. They had nobody in their life to demonstrate God's love to them. They didn't have a family member. 
to show them or to carry them to church or Sunday school. But they want things their way. They want their belief imposed on everybody else. And they're lost. They don't know. And these are people we're supposed to be concerned about. There's a third kind of person. You know, depending on the issue and, and their own thinking maybe, and, and they've read the Bible some, they know some things about it, but sometimes they're over here on this side and, and maybe they're leaning towards God a little bit, and then sometimes they're over here and they're, they're leaning towards way over there as to what they believe a little bit, and then next week they're, they're kind of back over here again a little bit, you know. They're just kind of wavering back and forth. You know, in politics, you can be that way. You can... You can be right, left, or Republican, or Democrat, or independent, whatever you want to be. In politics, it's fine and dandy. But you know, in God's world, Jesus said, you're either for me or you're against me. In God's world, there is no middle ground. You're either over here or, or you're over here. The thing about this side is, folks, for those of us who are Christians, who believe God and so forth, and I think this is, this is showing a real need, and I'm going to describe this in a way that's a very appropriate for Memorial Day, so to speak. There's a real need in God's church for something that you've heard called the wounded warrior. You hear this on the television commercials a lot because there's a military group who's trying to help wounded warriors. Those people who have been to Iraq and Afghanistan, and they've been wounded. You see them with a hurt leg or arm blown off or something like that. But you know, in our church, we have what I call wounded warriors in church. There's a lot of us like me who have the years behind you are much greater than the years in front of you, who are older now. And through life's battles, through going through hardship and persecution, and going through tough times and difficulties, and the Lord has been faithful. He has been good to us. He has loved us. He has cared us. He has been true to his word. There's a need for the wounded warrior in the Christian church to stand up for what he believes, to stand on the word of God. And to think about it is when we see these people here, it's not our job to be super critical of them. Even though we still have to stand on what the Lord has said, it's our responsibility to love them anyway. Because you know who these people are? They're the people in our families. They're the people maybe with our last name. They could be our sons, our daughters, our relatives. It could be people at work or wherever. But we're not going to save those folks necessarily by always being super critical about them. We are to love them anyway. Because Jesus said, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You know, I was over there at some point in time. And we can all say the same thing. But it's our responsibility as a Christian person. Yeah, we have to stand on the Bible, but we have to love those who don't know, who don't understand. Because that's how Jesus has loved us. I want to close by just, just simply saying, we've run out of time here, but I just want to close by saying something that... Um, one of the most grateful things I am to the Lord is he is steadfast, and he is always there. 
we've gone through many political battles and so forth over this country over the years, but the Lord has always been good to us. I want to bring out a point also. Folks, we could elect Christian people to all the local government. We could elect them and put them in Raleigh. We can put them in Washington, D.C. We can put them in the United Nations. If the whole government system will find wonderful Christian people, the world still would not be saved. Every person individually has to come to that understanding of believing in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior on an individual basis. It's not something government cannot legislate into this world. It has to be something that's only found in believing in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. But the problem with this world is not the government. The main problem isn't. The main problem is sin, that we are sinners, all of us, before the Lord. And the only ones who are saved are those who profess Jesus as Lord and Savior and willing to bow the knee before the Lord and say, Lord, help me. Lord, guide me. Lord, show me the way. And we look forward to continuing to teach this in the coming years. Thank you.